Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are all called to be better neighbors and to better care for those around us. There are a lot of ways to do this. And Martha and Mary show us some of the wrong ways here in this familiar passage from Luke. Today we'll talk about the importance of honoring God by honoring those around us, not by over-busying ourselves, but by taking time to serve in the midst of the pause. Can we pause long enough to truly honor those around us? This week's message of the week comes from the 10th chapter of the book of Luke. Pastor Jen Tyler reminds us to slow down, look around, and see the people in our lives as not other or opposite, but value their dignity. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Why don't you pray with me? Holy and loving God, as we continue in this time of worship, we ask that you would open our ears as we listen for your word, that, you, that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So even though I've been in Watertown for a couple of years now, I met some of my neighbors on my block who live a few houses down from me for the first time this week. Uh, and f- I met them finally thanks to my dog who insisted on going to greet their dogs who were outside because, of course, they're the only house on the block without a fence, so there was no getting keeping them away. And dogs, if you don't know this, dogs can be a great way to meet people, uh, even if ideally we might have met under circumstances that did not involve my dog leaving presents in their yard. (laughs) Now, after picking up after my dog like you do, I realized that these lack of circumstances aside, uh, these neighbors were very friendly and relaxed about that in case there's concern about that. And it got me thinking about some of the reasons that we do not always take time to greet our neighbors. There are a lot of times and places that maybe we prefer to stick to our own rhythm. Maybe we have lots of excuses like, well, I've just never really seen them out and about. There are lots of reasons not to greet our neighbors. And in part, it reminded me, the many reasons that we have not to, reminded me of a story that I heard a while back about a man who was having a lovely, quiet Saturday morning, probably similar to the kind of Saturday morning I love when I get to wake up slow and drink my coffee and read the news for the day and just ease into a quiet day. But this man's quiet day was interrupted by his 12-year-old son who came running through the door announcing, hey, Dad, have you met the new neighbors? Dad says, nope, I haven't met them yet. They had just moved in that week. And he's like, well, come on, Dad, you have to meet them. And he's like, you know, maybe another time. I'm kind of busy right now. And he's like, no, Dad, it has to be right now. You have to come with me. And so he figures, well, the neighbors are probably outside waiting. Maybe he's already making friends with them. I'll go be a good neighbor and walk outside to meet him. And so he puts his own stuff aside and he slips his shoes on and heads outside and gets out to the front of the house to realize nobody's out there. And so he asks his son, well, where are these neighbors we're supposed to meet? And his son says, well, dad, 
I'm not sure. I haven't met them yet, but I think we should because my baseball is in their living room. <laughs> Sometimes being a good neighbor isn't always the easiest thing to do, especially when circumstances are less than ideal, right? And often I think we let stuff hold us back. Maybe it's, you know, the awkward baseball in the living room or presents your dog left. Maybe there's other kinds of fear or discomfort or limited time, right? Because we're all so busy. Who has time for that? It always seems like there's something or some reason. And these barriers that we have, I would argue that we create, they're not new to us. We even heard of what I imagine are some of our most commonly references, cha referenced challenges and barriers. Well, we're going to hear them in the scripture passage that I want to read for us today. The passage that I want to read that Sandy referred to is from the Gospel of Luke. And I'm going to read chapter 10, beginning in verse 38 through verse 42. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Here ends our reading today. Now, my guess is that for many of us, this is a familiar passage. Even this morning, I had a couple of people pull me aside and say, you know, that story of Mary and Martha, that's me and my sister. It is a story we relate to, the story of Jesus visiting his friends and their home where we discover how different these sisters are as Martha opens her home to visitors running around trying to get everything ready and perfect. It's a little relatable, right? As she wants to make sure that the house is clean and she prepares the meals and gets all those finishing touches done. But then, of course, as she's rounding the corner, her guest has arrived and she realizes time is not on her side and she could use some extra hands to get that extra stuff done. Meanwhile, she has extra hands in the house, her sister Mary, but she's too busy sitting and doing nothing, talking to their guests, a frustration that Martha holds as she lifts to Jesus. Now, Jesus, of course, doesn't respond to that complaint in the way that she hopes. Instead, he tells her the opposite, maybe a sister's worst nightmare that your sister that you're mad at right now has chosen the better way. No one likes to hear that. And that quality of time spent together, he says, is far more meaningful, more lasting, more important than whether the house is perfect or the coffee is hot. Now, my guess is I am not the only one who hears that and thinks, oh, I have been there and I don't like it. 
right? Maybe it's children or a spouse or a friend or a colleague. We have worked really hard to be a good host or hostess and wish that somebody would have helped or done things correctly. Or maybe it's other stuff. Maybe you have been working on completing a project or perfecting a performance or writing a report. We have all worked so hard on things that are important to us that in the process of trying to give our best, we, like Martha, tend to do the opposite, right? Far from giving our best, maybe we even give our worst because we are so stressed about getting every detail right that we are tired and we are frustrated and we become whiny and complainy like Martha who says, well, if everyone else would just help. But Jesus says here, there is a better way. And if we choose the better way, if we choose to focus on the quality of our time, our relationships, of better caring with and for one another, if we choose these things, Jesus says, they cannot be taken from you. Sometimes I hear this story and I think, yeah, but can't we have both? Can't I have a perfect house for my guests and get to be present with them, right? But Jesus here says, one of these is better. And I find this particularly challenging, not only because that perfectionism that lies within me and probably many of you is there, but also because our culture values the opposite, doesn't it? Over and over again throughout our culture, I could give more examples than could be counted of how we lift up and celebrate those who love being busy for filling up our schedules so much so that we have to schedule even the lighthearted fun things in our lives, like maybe having dinner with friends, when I know that in the last month I have been guilty of having to schedule something almost a month out because I'm just too busy. But that is not something to be celebrated. It means that I'm probably a bit too much like Martha, and I do well to sit more, to listen more, to schedule less in order to be a better neighbor more. And I can't help but to know with confidence that I'm not the only one here today for whom that's probably true. This conundrum reminds me a bit of a story that I heard once in a sermon from one of our bishops, Bishop Karen Olivito. Now, before I tell that story, I thought I would set it up by letting you know that one of the most important pieces in her ministry that she talks about often has always been to focus on the ministry of being present. She calls this holding space for people. So to hold space for someone is to be willing to walk alongside them on whatever journey they're on without room for judgment or without making them feel inadequate or trying to fix them or even try to impact the outcome. When we hold space for other people, we open our hearts, we offer unconditional support, and we let go of judgment and control. To hold space in this way can truly be an art form. It takes a great deal of practice. It's something that I continue to work more and more on. But in the story of hers that I want to tell, I'm reminded that while we can always work on doing it better as we move into the future, the truth is our neighbors need us to do our best today, too, not just in the future. 
Holding space is an important part of being in community with and for one another. And the importance of doing so faithfully comes forth in the story that Bishop tells as she talks about when she was still a pastor in a local church, not so unlike ours. They were nearing the end of worship one day when a man who was a visitor in worship, now this is a real story, by the way, a man who was in worship visiting that day made his way to the front. Now, they, similar to us, had things like these microphones that are sitting here open. And as he made his way to the front, people watched wondering, okay, now what's going to happen? Because no one invited him to come and speak. And as he made his way to the front, everyone's eyes were on him watching with his clothes a little disheveled, his eyes bloodshot, his teeth betraying his addiction. And as he wove up and made his way to the microphone, the room slowly, as he stood there, came to to a still quiet. And it was there in the silence that he looked out at the room and soaked it in for a moment before finally he asked them a question. As he said to them, can I trust you with my dignity? Can I trust you with my dignity? Can we be so present with one another, so committed to holding space for one another, that we can be trusted with one another's dignity? Or to take that a step further, if someone that looks exactly like the person you don't expect to be leading in worship made their way to the front to talk today, could you be trusted with the dignity of someone you might call an outsider? I've been reflecting on this question a lot this week as I've wondered about the times and the places that I or we as a church have done this really well. For example, often when I ask someone, what brought you to First Church or what made you stay at First Church, I heard, gosh, this is such a welcoming place. Thanks be to God for the ways that we do that well. And as we celebrate ways we do it well, it's hard to not also be mindful of how we all have also failed at this now and then, don't we? Even in the midst of our busy and crazy lives, well, perhaps especially in the midst of our busy and crazy lives, it's hard sometimes to make space for people who interrupt the places we're going, the things we're doing And I can't help but to think about those times in my life or our shared life and to know that I need to repent. And I hope that you'll do the same. Because for all of those times that we have not honored the people around us, that we have not held space for them, that we have not been worthy of being trusted with their dignity, we need to do and be better Who are your neighbors that you are overlooking? Who are you failing to hold space for? 
My guess is for many of us, there is a divide between us and them. Whoever us is, whoever they may be. Maybe it's our black neighbors and our white neighbors. Maybe it is our native neighbors or our immigrant neighbors. Maybe it's our male or female or non-binary neighbors. Maybe it's our rich neighbors or our poor ones, our Republicans or our Democrats. Who are the neighbors that we not only are failing to hold space for, but don't even want to? Who are you unwilling to be interrupted for? When you think of who those people are in your world, your bubble, your space, I want to ask you that question again. Could you be trusted with their dignity? This, for me, feels like a really timely question when our society is so divided, when we laugh when I say Democrat and Republicans, because we all know what that means, right? We are more likely to look at our neighbors and decide whether they're in or out, one of us or them, than we are to look upon them with the eyes of God that says you are worthy of being loved and worthy of dignity. And like other encounters recorded in scripture, when Jesus is with Martha and Mary, he made sure that he didn't choose an us or a them, but instead sought to focus on what was the most important, focusing on the dignity of the God-given value in every person he met. He held space for Mary in a time when she needed it. Jesus could be trusted with the dignity of all he met because he was able to see each person as God sees them, no matter who they were, no matter where they came from, no matter what they looked like. Jesus sought to meet people where they were, even and perhaps especially in those moments when it felt extra inconvenient because his own plans had to change or had to maybe wait a little longer they had to take a little extra time. No matter any of those things or how inconvenient the disruptions, Jesus always managed to make time for all of his neighbors, creating space for them and ensuring that all others would know that he was worthy and reliable enough to be trusted with their dignity, with theirs, with yours, with mine, with ours. And so I wonder if you are up for a challenge of doing and living and being the same. Will you live in such a way that tells those around you that they matter both to you and to God? Jesus calls all of us to be good neighbors, not just to the friends that we love or the neighbors physically that we have, but to the people we struggle with too. And he calls us not just to be good neighbors, but to be great and faithful and intentional neighbors. And as we seek to be neighborly in these ways and to follow Jesus' example of living lives that aren't overly busy, but instead take time to be still and to know God in our midst, I want to invite you to do things this day and this week and this lifetime on purpose, 
not to wait for those opportunities to come your way, but to seek them out. To find a neighbor, whether it's someone you live near or are sharing the pew with this morning, or a stranger you encounter on the road, or maybe someone you just really struggle with that you'd rather not be neighborly to at all. And I want you to find a way to be a better neighbor to them. There are a lot of ways to do this. Maybe you can pray more for them each and every day and not pray for the things that you want to see in their lives, but to pray that you would see them as God sees them, as holy and beloved and worthy of dignity. Maybe you want to go out of your way to care for this person by being gracious and kind or by holding space for them as you get to know them better, inviting them out for coffee or for a walk or into your home for a meal, even if your house doesn't look perfect. Maybe you're thinking of someone that you know that could use a little pick-me-up, or you could do something good for that neighbor who needs a little bit of help along the way. Maybe you could bring them fresh cookies as encouragement, or maybe offer to babysit for the mom who is a little overwhelmed right now. Maybe you could mow their lawn or send a nice card. Just do something that is beyond your usual routine, that helps you to honor who those people are around you by living in a way that shows that you honor them and can be trusted with their dignity. Things that I want you to do, not just because you can, but because Jesus has invited you to and longs for you to do these things. Because Jesus, we know, neighbored on purpose. And if anyone in the history of the world knew what it was to be important, to have a mission that needs accomplished, that should not be disrupted, that is busy and filling every moment of every day. Was it not Jesus who probably had the most important mission the world has ever known? And yet Jesus, in the midst of his important ministry, found time for the socially invisible neighbors who needed him. And if even he could do that, Can't we do the same? Can't we make and hold space for the people who need us, the people we encounter, the people who need to know that there is space in this world and in this life of faith that we share where they can be seen for how God sees them, loved for how God loves them, and entrusted with the dignity of which they are worthy. Let's pray together. Faithful God, who has loved us beyond measure, who pours upon us grace over grace over grace, we ask this and every day that you will help us to see those we encounter as you have first seen them, to love them as you have first loved them, and to be people who are willing and eager to hold space for one another and to live in such ways that we can be entrusted with one another's dignity. In the name of Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen.
Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information, like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.